Welcome back to the Art of Dating podcast. This is season two, episode two. Not only did we make it to season two, we made it clear to episode two. That's a pretty big accomplishment. Impressive. Yes. Um, I am Kayla Greer, your host, and I'm here with Ryan Eggett. And we actually have a guest on with us. Her name's Sarah. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Tell Sarah's us got a great voice. She's a, she's a longtime singer with me, so it just even her speaking voice is awesome. You're gonna love listening to her today. Oh, well, thanks. Perfect. Well, Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, um, I'm from Orem. Orem, Utah. Just Orem, in case you're listening Utah. from somewhere out in <laughs> podcast land, Kayla loves it when I say podcast. Yeah. Land. podcast <laughs> land. Yep, I'm from Orem, Utah. I grew up here. Um, I'm going to UVU studying health education. I'm planning on being a health teacher, cool. and I don't know. Tell us your family makeup a little bit, because I think that's significant to your experience. Just okay. that, just knowing well, you and all your siblings too. Yeah. Um, I have six siblings. I'm number two. So um, one of my sisters is married and all the rest of us are single. Kind of single. Kind of. <laughs> Anything exciting Soon happened to, to you? not single. <laughs> so, yes, I am engaged. Yeah, I'm Sarah just got time. engaged uh, last weekend, right? Last week? Yep, last week. Oh, right, so soon. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Excellent. That's big Good. time. Well, um... Let's jump into it, Ryan. What do you what do you have for us today? You know, actually, we were going a different direction. If you remember from episode one of this second season, we were going to just jump right into talking about rejection because that was one of the things that we talked about and how you know how does rejection fit into dating. But then Sarah came in to tell me she was engaged, and we ended up spending an hour just talking about dating and her experience. And I thought, you know, instead of jumping into rejection, maybe we ought to go with probably the second most. Uh, ask question when students come in and want to talk to me it's you know they want to talk about i'm dating somebody and we're having issues or i'm dating somebody and should, should i marry this person right and we talk about there's really no should i it's is this the best person for me but the second most uh frequently asked question is i'm not dating anybody why is that right and somehow we got on that topic uh on monday sarah when you came in to see me somehow we got on that topic and some of the things you said, I just, I'm sure people are like, why are you taking notes while I'm telling you my life story? <laughs> but I just started taking notes because what you said was, was so interesting. And it really kind of came down between the two of us to two issues. So what we're going to do in this episode, if, if you're one of those type A personalities who would like to know what we're talking about first, then we can conclude that for you at the end. Um, if you're one of those, we're going to talk about why it is that people are or aren't dating and what we can do to actually start dating. You know, I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of us saying, gosh, I never date, but I would like to, what can I do to get me into the dating pool? Yeah. It's kind of cool. We're, I mean, like the first episode we talked about how dating is not enjoyable sometimes and kind of going, well, how can we make it enjoyable? Well, now that dating is enjoyable, like, how do you even start dating? Like, what are we yeah. doing to, like, actually get on dates and get into the dating? And people dating are pool? willing to spend a ton of time and even a ton of money, you know, as I was talking with a, a dating coach this last week. And he was saying, you know, if it were me, I would put money on the line because you're going to find other people who are as interested. If it costs something to be in the dating pool then you know that these people are actually interested in going on dates. And we're going to talk more about more about some of those options and some of those in future episodes. But so, okay, Sarah, I'm just looking at my notes here. 
I said, sir, why do you think this was our conversation on Monday? Why do you think people aren't dating? First thing out of your mouth, now that clearly now you're engaged, you can say whatever you want, right? You've got a little liberty. <laughs> yeah, dating is great Yes, now. <laughs> Yes, dating is great. Oh, I dated a ton, right? First thing out of your mouth was, because they're not trying, right? And I'm like, ooh, that's so harsh. She <laughs> should say that really on bad. an episode. <laughs> and it not be me saying that, right? Uh, what did you mean when you said people aren't dating because they're not trying? Because you clearly were talking about your own experience, right? That when you had a, a an episode where you weren't trying, what it Flesh that out for us just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, sure. It, that sounds so bad. but um, It did sound so bad. That's why I thought this would be perfect, right? <laughs> It'll have people interested. Yeah. Um. So I think, personally, the thing that I think changed dating for me was when I started, like, really trying. Like, I... I, I was dedicated to the cause. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. Sorry. Um, I came home from my mission, and on my mission... Where did you go on your mission? I went to North Carolina for all oh, Yes, because my daughter yes. went to that mission. I just want to highlight that. Okay, keep going. Okay. Um, yeah, I came home from my mission realizing that I had no social skills, and at least not with boys. I was very... And isn't that interesting? You've been out talking for 18 months to people, and you come on and go, I cannot talk to people yeah. that are boys about love. Yes. Right? You're like on your mission, and you can't have romantic relationships, and I just had no idea how to talk to elders in a normal way. I was so weird. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I came home, and I was like, I need to learn to make friends, <laughs> especially with boys, because I want to get married someday. And I really... I like put my all into that and I told my roommates like we're gonna have boys over we're gonna make dinner and invite people over we're gonna like this is gonna be the apartment where people just walk in and sit on the couch to oh. chat about their days and I mean it was an Ephraim so it's a little different in small towns but um, people actually do just walk in you don't lock your door <laughs> in Ephraim right yeah. yeah why would you lock your door there's like 60 people but it totally was that by the end of the year. Like we had people just, we we had scripture study in our apartment every night, which I just think is so cute. But um, we ended up often with like between 20 and 30 people in our apartment every day, which was so fun. And I know, I mean, some people would not be into that scene, but I loved it. And it gave me a lot of time to talk with people in a super casual way in my own space and really build some social skills. And, um, I also came off my mission being like, it's going to be weird and I'm going to have some awkward moments and we're just going to roll with that. And that's what I did. And I think probably everyone from my sophomore year of college remembers me as being really awkward and saying the wrong thing a lot of the time. I, I assume that's the case. <laughs> that's why you got it all out of the way up front, right? Totally. Like, man, I'm going to, yeah, totally. I'm going to spend my time. I love, I, I wish that we had the option of videoing this episode because you, <laughs> you can just imagine just listening to Sarah's voice and all of her inflections. She's making, I mean, she's burning calories with her face, clearly with all the different facial gestures you're doing. Yeah. Um, okay. So you said dedicated to the cause, right? Um, and I, and I totally agree with this. We're going to talk today about two different ways to really get dating and two reasons why people aren't dating, right? And, and if you put the positive spin on it, this is what we're going to do. Uh, the reason why people aren't dating is because they're not trying. But I like that you said 
because uh, I, I know I, I'll have some students say, but I, I'm trying. And I'll say, what do you mean you're trying? I don't even know what I'm trying. I think what they're saying is I want to so badly. So what would keep someone from putting themselves out there? You know, one of the phrases, Kayla, that I've heard you use a lot is put yourself out there. You got to get out there. You got to be out there. Yeah. Um, if you want to be dating and we know that getting out there is a big part of, right? We're going to call it, if you reflect back on uh, season one, we call it proximity, right? That you've got to be physically proximate to somebody close to them to carry on conversations, to be right to all that for them to see what you're like. You have to also be socially proximate to somebody. You've got to socially be close and you've got to be emotionally out there as well. You can't just say, I went and sat at the library where there were a lot of people and I didn't want any dates. I don't know why. Right. You've got to also be socially, you know, proximate. There's proximity is important in all those ways. Which I think was kind of difficult for a lot of people, especially as we're kind of phasing out of the COVID stage. We're like, you were locked in your home for months. And in the last year or so, we've been able to go back to school and be in person. Like this kind of needs to be a re-emphasized. At least it was, it was for me. It was now I need to, like, I need to go to school and I need to like go to my classes and I need to talk to the person next to me. And I need to go to the Institute building and take classes and actually socialize with people. Um, and that's, I guess like when I say like, you got to get yourself out there, like you, not only do you have to get yourself out of your house, like go study with people where people are um, and where socializing happens and like go to activities, like actually put an effort into the socialization of putting yourself out there because that's, that's where like, not only like relationships romantically happen, but that's like where friendships happen, which oftentimes turn into relationships. Yes. You know, I'm thinking this is going to be a terrible example and maybe you'll even cut it out of this episode, but I'm going to say it anyway. Right? Good, good. Please do. Um, it's we've just all been through this pandemic and we isolated ourselves so we would not catch something from other people. You also, it's hard to catch love from other people. It's <laughs> hard to be attracted. It's hard to have conversations. It's hard to catch friendships. And so the opposite of that is saying, if you, if you isolate yourself and, and you're not out there, you know, exercising proximity, then you are not going to have opportunities. It is very much like catching a cold. You go, oh, I was around 50 people. Your chances of catching something from somebody are really high. If you go, I was only around one people, one person, from one people, I, I was only around one person, then you go, my chances are low. I totally believe that in dating. If you say, like you said, I want 30 people in our apartment rolling in and out, your chances of finding somebody that you're attracted to that's attracted to you are so much better than saying, I'm going to sit in my apartment alone and hope that I catch a cold, you know, and or hope that somebody falls in love with me, even though I'm not out here. Yeah. So, so that is just so significant. If, if, I, you know, if you're listening to this and you're saying, I want to go on more dates, what could you conclude from the first part of this conversation? I got to get out there, right? I have got to do something. And like Sarah said, it's got to be intentional. Uh, you know, you said, uh, I'm looking for, I wrote it down because I loved it. Uh, dedicated to the cause, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, there's this great, the first college book I ever read actually was not a textbook, but it was for a group voice lesson. So I was going to take this group voice lesson at BYU. And the the teacher had us all read the inner game of tennis, which is 
about this tennis pro who teaches people how to play. And he ends up learning all of these things about psychology and teaching and learning and educational psychology. And one of the things he said is, you know, I, I would get students who had played tennis for yeah, 20 years and they were not really that good. And they would sometimes play for hours a day. And he said, I came to realize that what they were doing, and now there's been a ton of research on this. If you've read Grit uh, by, I think it's Angela Duckworth. Um, she highlights a lot of this research, but he said, what I realized is that they were just out there playing and never getting any better because they weren't thinking about how they were playing. They were just out there doing the same thing over and over. Even if every time it failed, they just kept doing the same thing, even though it failed every time. He said, I would get them in there. And in the first month, they would think I was a genius because I could up their game in one month. And what he basically did was say, you've been serving this way and every time you've been faulting. I'm going to have you think about it. I'm going to watch you. We're going to film you. And we're going to review that film and say, oh, here's the mistake you're making. And he called it deliberate practice. And now, and it's quite a you know, social theory now, uh, learning theory. But that deliberate practice of saying, I'm going to be intentional and deliberate and think, what could I do to make this situation better. And I, you know, I just hear you saying, this was, I'm dedicated to the cause. I'm going to have a deliberate uh, method for getting myself out there and being with 50 people. Yeah. I think the word you used intentional is really important. Having not just like kind of floating out there and hoping something comes by, but like paying attention to what you're doing. Well, I mean, for me, a lot of it was social skills, like paying attention to what I was doing is what I'm doing, putting people off. Like when I said this or, or did it in this way, like, was that, did that jive with people? And I was very intentional about trying to. I believe that's Kayla's watch going off there, Kayla. I'm that's sorry. okay. We're keeping it real. Keeping it real. There's always a good this is, excuse. This is right? real time, folks. <laughs> Keep going, Sarah. Um, but yeah, I think just. Um, having intention and really trying to figure out like, where do I want to be? And like, what am I doing to get there? What are the things that I want in a relationship? How am I um, like cultivating those things in myself? I okay. So you're really kind cool. of taking us into the second realm that we want to look at. Oh, wow. So, so the first, you know, and I really like to be clear because I want people to listen and go, I'm understanding, right. How I can improve. Uh, if you want to improve your dating possibilities, you've got to intentionally, deliberately say, how can I get out with more people that I would be interested in, right? How can I, how can I get out with more people of the opposite sex that I would actually be interested in? I was talking with a, a dad of a, of a student some time ago, and, and we were talking about this dad's child, and he's like, the problem is my child is hanging out with the same five people every day. And we'll never date any of these five people. And so the, this, this person was going, well, I've got friends. We're saying, you have friends, but there's no way you're marrying any one of those five. So you've closed yourself off to the dating world. And in, and in their mind, they're thinking, no, I'm out here. I'm out, right? I'm out here doing stuff. I put myself out here to five people that no way on earth would I marry any of these people. And so there has to be a deliberate, intentional, I'm going to get my body and my personality and my presence where there are a lot of people that are dating possibilities. Well, that's, that's why, that's why the alarm went off. Cause I was seconding that. <laughs> Absolutely. 
there has to be a lot of intention. We just had sure. to pull Kayla. She was out in the game room talking with people. We had to pull her in here and say, get out of putting yourself out there and get back in here to <laughs> record this with us. So let's move to this, uh, to the second idea if we can. And I'd love to hear both of your comments. This is where I'd love for you to take over the episode here. Uh, because the other half of this equation is, okay, now I've put myself out there. And, you know, when you said that the other day, uh, Sarah, to me and said, it's because they're not trying. Maybe it's because they're afraid of trying. They don't know how to try, right? Some of that is very possible. Uh, I love what you had said. Well, the Lord loves effort, right? Quoting a President Nelson there. The Lord loves effort, and that's true. Um, I think the other half, then I said, my comment back that I thought, woo, that would even be worse to say, is not being attractive. Ooh. And you're like, you can't say that, right? <laughs> and I said, you know, it's funny if we ever said that on a podcast is you're not dating because you're not attractive. People would say, you can't say that, you know, that no one's going to listen to that. And, and I said, you know, it's funny because the first thing you think is physical. We, it's like we've been trained to do that. When you say someone's not attractive, you go, oh, it's physical. But you could think of these really evil characters throughout history. That when you say Hitler was not attractive, you don't go, oh, that mustache. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You go, Hitler was not attractive. In other words, people didn't want to surround themselves with him. People like us, right? Did not, because of what he was inside, what he was doing inside because of his mindset. And so we've kind of got to break ourselves out of, whenever we talk about attractiveness, we're not just talking about hair and eyes and shape of your face. And so if you want to go on dates more, what can you do to make all of you so that, so that, you know, the opposite sex is attracted to you? And, and that's where I want to go for a little bit. I think a good way to kind of like maybe phrase it is that like attractiveness is what draws people to you. And when you say like the word draws that a lot of the times, it, like, yes, it can initially be looks, but what draws people to you is a lot to do with like their personality socially um, their spirituality that draws people to you. So attraction is like the act of drawing people close to you. It's like a magnet. It's like being a magnet and other people are metal shavings, right? And you go, yeah. what can you do that will draw people to you because they want to be around you, right? And so were I thinking about this for myself, I would say, what about me is attractive? What would somebody else find attractive? And maybe the very best place to start, I actually did this in our day courtship class today. I had people sit around in groups and say, what? I said, <clears throat> you can't do looks. It can't be something with looks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Can't be looks. What have you found attractive? And, uh, and it was so funny because this girl in the class on Monday in our class, she said, uh, she said, oh, I was in class and this or I was in church and this guy came off the stand. I think I told you this kid. Yeah. Guy came off the stand and I just brought his testimony and she said, I said, dudes with testimonies, there's something about a dude with a testimony. <laughs> and I thought, that's funny, you know, that she would say, there's something about a dude with a testimony. Absolutely. And you go, that's, that's attractive. That is the yeah. magnet and the shavings idea or two magnets and saying, man, having a testimony and being dedicated to Jesus Christ and his true disciple is a very attractive thing. It makes someone say, I want to spend time with you. I would consider you being my mate because of the attraction that's in that. So Sarah, your fiance's name is? Alec. Alec, very nice. Yes. And uh, and I've met Alec before. Um, 
other than physical, because we're going to kind of focus not physical here, because yeah. I know there's lots of physical things that attract you about Alec. Other than physical, tell us some of the things that you went and that that attracted me to the possibility of of being married to Alec. Ooh, so many things. Where do I start? Nice. I hope he's um, listening to this, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay. So I, poor Alec, on our first couple dates, I just was not feeling it at all. And um, it, it took me a couple of days to warm up to him. But I, even on the first date, when I like wasn't really interested in dating him, even on that first date, I was like, wow, this guy is really, really awesome because he was just like open in communicating with me. And um, like he didn't beat around the bush. <laughs> there was uh, at one point... He, I don't remember what he said, but he said something and he had felt like it might've come across wrong or he might've put me off. I don't remember. And he just said, Hey, I just wanted to clarify that thing that I said. Um, like, was that okay? I didn't, I, I realized it might've sounded wrong. Let me clarify what I meant. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I, I, I mean, it hadn't bothered me. So I don't, I don't remember what it was, but he was just willing to say it. And I was like, Oh, that's so nice. Um, uh, okay, I'm going to jump in right okay, here. All right. And you found that attractive. I did. I found that he was really attractive. And it's probably more than just he's a good communicator. About when he was like, hey, I want to make sure that you understood what I meant. How did that make you feel about yourself? And what did you think about what kind of quality boy this was that's saying, hey, I want to make sure that I didn't miscommunicate something there? Yeah. Uh, I was just impressed that he was thoughtful enough to make sure that I was okay. That like to make sure that I was comfortable. And he was considerate. Of, like, yeah. Your feelings are your very considerate. And considerate is attractive. It's so attractive. You know, as much as we go, oh, you know, tall, dark, and handsome, you always hear that in old movies, right? And you go, they could say considerate. You know, yeah. tall, dark, and considerate. Um <laughs> would also be something that you go, yeah, a considerate person. Because especially you said I was dedicated to the cause of getting married. And now you're looking at, I could be married to considerate. Yeah. Right? Totally. Yeah. I could be married to considerate. I'd like to be married to considerate. Right? Yeah. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. Tell us another one. Um, I don't think I told you this one before, but we were sitting at dinner, I think on our second date, and <laughs> uh, he had asked me a question, and it was kind of a soapbox question for me. I was like, oh, we've opened a can of worms. Here we go. And I was telling him all about this thing I felt so strongly about. And a couple minutes into it, he went, I am so sorry. I have really been working on this, but I was thinking about what I was going to say next. And I, I did not hear what you said. <laughs> <laughs> and he said that and I was like, oh my gosh, I do that all the time. So he <laughs> said, totally I was thinking about what I was going to say and didn't yeah, hear what you just I, said. I have no That's idea funny. what you just said. I really apologize. Can you say it again? I will listen this time. I really do want to hear what you have to say. And <laughs> number one, I thought that was funny. And number two, um, I was impressed that he would, I mean, that was probably embarrassing for him to be like, that was my bad. I wasn't listening to what you said at all. But I thought it was impressive that he would just tell me um, uh, rather than saving face yeah. and trying yeah. to like, you know, yeah. He, it sounds like he's a very open, like you're not going to have, a, he's not going to have a lot of secrets from you. No. 
Yes. I do and knowing that. your personality, that would be attractive to you. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah, very much. What you see is what you get. Yes. I love it. That's awesome. Good. <laughs> Tell us another one. Oh, uh, okay. Let's see. Um, we were sitting, let's see, we were in our, in my apartment, in our apartment, Freudians live. <laughs> <laughs> Before long, right? Before long. <laughs> so close. Um, we were in my apartment, uh, having dinner and it was pretty close to the beginning, like within the first 10 dates for sure. And I had had a really long day, I think, and I was tired. Um, and I was kind of, I don't know, there wasn't much going on. I was tired. And he sat there doing, he was doing something else. And he said, Hey, I just, I can't tell, I can't tell if what you're doing means that you want me to pay more attention to you or if you want me to, if you like need your space. Um, and I'm happy to give you whichever one you want, but I, I just need you to tell me which one you want. I was like, I'm so happy to tell you. I'm so happy to tell you which one I want. I'm just tired. I you know, go home. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to tell you. I don't need you around. Thank you. <laughs> but um, again, like he was thoughtful and wanted that. That is something that I've seen throughout our whole relationship. Is he's always like, what will make me happy is what makes you happy. Like I want you to be comfortable and I want you to be. I want you to feel safe and. And whatever will make that happen will make me happy. And, and you're attracted to thoughtful. Totally. You see? Yes. So <laughs> when we say, oh, maybe we need to put ourselves out there. And and maybe I'm sitting at home listening to this podcast or walking to class and thinking, well, I'm all of those things. Well, then, the, then you should go back to step one and say, so I got to get myself out there. I have all these great attributes that would attract people, right? That would, if it's a girl that would attract guys or a guy that would attract girls. And you go, I have all these great attributes. Why isn't it happening to me? Mm-hmm. Well, you got to get out there and, and and give people the opportunity to see that. Had you not gone on, like you said, you know, I wasn't that into it on the first date. Had you not gone on a second and third date, you might have missed that. Yeah. Had you never dated, you would have never said, hey, he is so thoughtful. And I've always wanted a thoughtful husband. And he is so considerate. Yeah. And you, you told a story the other day about him being virtuous. Do you remember that? He said, said, okay, I'll tell your story. Um, (laughs) You said the other day, one of the things I loved about him was we would be kissing and he'd go, oh, (laughs) now you know what I'm talking about. He'd say, you know what? I think this is probably a good place for us to stop. And I think I'm going to go home. And you're like, I love that. I have been telling girls and guys this since I started teaching dating dating and courtship a dozen years ago, that you go, oh, they, you know, we're really feeling the passion. And if I stop, they'll hate me. I've never met a girl that said, oh, this guy said, let's stop because I want to, I would never want to do anything to offend you or to hurt you. And I think I better go home. Every time I say that, some girl in the room goes, that's so hot. You know, it is (laughs) always like, oh, that's so hot. That is, that's so attractive. And it's not just that he's virtuous, but all of a sudden there's that this is a guy I can trust with my virtue. He's not just worried about his virtue. I can trust him. Not only can I trust him now, I can trust him to be my husband. And and in the office, if he's not going to kiss me and make out with me, he's not going to be doing philandering in the office after we're married. You know, he's, I can trust. I, I can't tell you every time I talk about that in class, I have somebody say, oh, that's so hot. You get an amen in the back row. Yeah. yeah you get an amen out of the back row. <laughs> yeah. So here's something we did in class today that may 
that may kind of highlight why I wanted to talk about this after you came in to visit. Um, so I put them in groups today and just said, you know, I want to make sure that there's some guys and girls in each group. And I'm going to give you just some time here at the start of class. It, it's, so this is, you know, I already kind of told you a little bit. I said, you can't, it can't be physical, but you have to talk about things that you're attracted to that are not physical. And after, you know, the four or five minutes, I walked by and I heard this kid say, man, a girl that smiles, a girl that's smiley. And another person said, that's physical. And he goes, no, I'm not talking about her smile. It's a girl that smiles. And I went, I notice what he means. I love being around positive people. I love being around happy people. You know, and I took a little time to tell a story about, it's hard for me to be around grumpy people because I'm a naturally happy person. I would never want to date a grump. You know, what did, I think it was President Monson who said, as much as enthusiasm is contagious, uh, maybe the only thing more contagious is when you're not enthusiastic, you know, then you kind of spread that to the people you're with. So we did this whole exercise today in class. And then I stopped and said, now, I wonder if you've been trying, if you've picked up what I've been trying to put down, because I think they were all going, oh, this is attractive that, you know, I'm going to share mine. And I said, you just sat with somebody of the opposite sex. And they told you all these things they find attractive in a boy or a girl. If you're smart, what did you do in class today? You know, and then a couple of people are like, ah, I should have been listening. <laughs> you know, I should have been listening to that. And it said, oh, it seems like these three girls I'm sitting with are all saying these things are attractive. That's what I'm going to become then. If all girls find happiness and stability and security and, and all of these things are attractive to women, then I'm going to work on those, those qualities in myself. Um, well, something I wanted to say about that, uh, I think there are general things that are going to be attracted to everyone, like being positive and being Happy, thoughtful, thoughtful and being stable, kind, being virtuous, <laughs> right? right. Instability is not attractive to anyone. But I also think it's important to realize that like you can find your own type and you don't need to be attracted to everyone, you know, like, and not everyone is going to be attracted to you and that's fine. Yes. Um, I realized in dating that like the man's man is just not my thing, <laughs> you know, like macho men. Who, That's funny. Cause your dad's a big football I, I, player, I, right? It's true. <laughs> my whole family, they're men's men, but, <laughs> and I love them. I love being with them, but, um, but Alec is so nerdy. <laughs> He's so nerdy. And, uh, he does not like sports. Every time my family talks about sports, he checks out. Um, and he is, <laughs> he cries all the time, <laughs> but, um, I, it, I realized I was kind of looking in the wrong places for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, I was looking for what I knew, I guess. And it took me a while to realize that that wasn't really my thing. Wow. I, I didn't want those qualities that I was seeing, like swiping on mutual and, you know, seeing all these qualities that were what I knew in my family and my friends, my, you know, close friends, um, at least, you know, the outward things like physical appearance and stuff. And, and what I realized in dating more is that I was overlooking a lot of things that were really, that I really love about Alec now. Well, you've taken us to a fantastic place because now we can say, okay, so when it talks, if I'm looking at myself and saying, I want to be attractive to the opposite sex, 
I want to be as attractive as I can. That there are some things that you go that I could work on these generals. There are general things, right? Like between the three of us, let's see if we can name six or seven of them. I would say happy. Ambition. Ambition. <laughs> now that's gonna be that's, your that is your main thing. That right? is my yes. soapbox. <laughs> yeah, and, and and maybe that's actually more of a specific for you. Probably. Right? Uh because I know, you know, I've I've had lots of young men through the years in class that were super nice and maybe would never become a millionaire and they weren't that worried about that kind of thing and found really great women as well um, to marry them. And maybe ambition wasn't their thing. So maybe, maybe it's hardworking because yes. I think, I think like hardworking, I think hardworking could be a general one. Cause I think like God loves people that work hard. Um, and that's kind of like what earth is about is working hard, yes. but maybe ambition is a little bit more my specific my specific like hot button, but I think working hard, 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 hard work. working would be a, a general attractiveness. Uh, you know, and it's easy if you can pit it against something negative, like you go happy. Clearly that's a general one. Cause not very people are saying I'm looking for somebody unhappy and Whoa, I could set you up with some people I know. Right. <laughs> I got that right in the bag here. Um, if you were to say happy is a general thing that most people go, I'm attracted to someone that's happy because happiness is contagious, hardworking. Because you're you're drawn lazy. Yeah, you're drawn away from somebody that's lazy. Exactly, exactly. Re- laziness is repellent, uh, just like being unhappy, right? Or a grumpy person is repellent. So, so there's two: happy and hardworking. I think honesty is a big one. Oh yeah. Honesty. Yes, that's so true. But that's interesting. That's even mentioned more than once in the Temple Recommend. It's couched in being honest, right? Yeah. Uh, in terms of being honest and, and virtuous and all that. Okay, I'm going to throw out virtuous as well, since I just said it. Um, you know, and, and you think of all this, you know, you go to Doctrine and Covenants 88, 40. Intelligence cleaveth unto intelligence, wisdom to wisdom, truth embraces truth, virtue loves virtue, right? And you think these different attributes we're saying are general ones that you go, most people are going to be attracted to these. Can you think of any other ones that uh, I would say happy, hardworking, I think generally friendliness. Friendliness. Yeah, someone who's kind. Kind. Yeah. Kindness. So if I'm looking at, at myself and saying I want to become more attractive, then maybe I look at a general scale and say, what do I find attractive? What do I generally find attractive in people? And maybe it's not, you know, I'm looking for a nerd or somebody super overly ambitious, but just generally, which kind of people do I like to be around? And then a little self-reflection. Am I generally happy? Am I honest with other people? Am I kind? Do people see me? One day, um, we had this whole incident happen one day in this choir I was directing. And I wrote on the board the next day, uh, you often deserve the reputation you have. Now, I'm not talking about junior high where people are gossiping about you. But I, I wrote that on the board and said, do you find that statement to be true or not? And immediately they all tensed up because they thought of junior high. Oh, no, people said I did this. I never did. And I said, no, let's just talk about who in the room has a reputation for being a hard worker? Right away, they could say it, right? Adam Turner, Reagan Whitworth. Uh, immediately, people said those, those two names. I'm like, okay, who in the room has a reputation? You go, oh, generally people know you for what you are. So it would be valuable for everyone of us who are trying to become more attractive to say, what are some of these general qualities? Am I kind? Am I caring? Am I where could you find all these? They're the characters of Jesus Christ, aren't they? Mm, Elder Bednar 
it is the person who looks outward. Uh, I'm kind, I'm loving, I'm virtuous. You know, as you look at the Savior, you go, these are the qualities that people will be attracted to generally. And so I think every one of us, you know, even the three of us here could say, is there an area where I'm repelling people? Uh, you know, for me, it could be pride or whatever, or not being humble or meek or not willing to take advice or to take criticism. But I think just about everyone could say, is there some way where I'm repelling those that I would like to attract instead, right? Like one's a magnet, the other's a mosquito repellent where you go, I'm keeping people away from me by having this particular characteristic or trait attribute. Yeah, that's that's really good. Um, it, it just makes me think that like, I, I, th I thought to me, and this is kind of like, I guess very honest of my, I have to like be honest with this podcast, but like there's, I feel like I'm one of those people that's like, I just have been trying so hard, like nothing's happened. Like I've in my mid twenties now and I'm like dating has just been tough. Um, and I have to sit and think to myself, like, yeah, really what, like, I thought I've been doing everything right, but maybe there is something that like. I can work on. And that's kind of the same for everyone. Obviously I'm not perfect. I'm not the savior. So therefore I have something to work on. And I think the key thing in that is use, like use the savior in that process yeah. is um, involve the savior in your process of becoming more like him because he will show you like, how to become more like him. That was his purpose of being on the earth. It's why he came to the earth is so that we could have an example to know where to turn and, and to where to return. Yes. And, and so like, I encourage you to I encourage myself as well in that is that, um, as you're like trying to find things to do, to become more attractive, to draw people to you, like use the savior and 10 times out of 10, he's going to have you, you know, guided in the right direction yeah. because he wants, he wants, he wants you to be married. He wants you to have an eternal life with your spouse that you choose and he wants you to have a happy eternity. And so he's going to help you in what it takes to get there. So use him and. And use his, uh, use his attributes as a basis of attractiveness. Absolutely. You know, as you read through the scriptures, you go, man, that made people want to be with him. You don't always have to be thinking romantic, right? But, but they're the same attributes. You know, you don't have to always be thinking romantic, but you go, he really cared about people. You know, he was a thinker. He would sit down and think before he acted. He was observant. You know, he's being thronged by the multitudes. He walks through the alleyway and someone touches him and he says, virtue went out of me. And there's somebody who needs a moment. You know, he sees the widow of Nain and says, wow, I feel for this woman. This was her only son. Is there something I can do? Now, for most of us, it would be bake a casserole. It was a savior. So he said, I'm going to bring him back from the dead. You know, I'm going to bring him back. But but to to look outward is such an attractive option, right? It's such an attractive uh, personality trait. I mean, so maybe now, now kind of concluding this. Well, I, I just had one thought. Um, so I'm uh, almost 26. And I have had, besides Alec, one other boyfriend in my life. And I think I think it's really important as you're, you know, trying to find things to improve and as you're, you know, in the dating pool, which is the worst, <laughs> that it's like, don't be patient. Don't lose hope. Don't be like, I'm not dating somebody. So I'm the worst and yeah. I'm never going yes, to find anyone, for sure. which is so easy to do. And I, I have been there. <laughs> um, but I think 
like I looking back, I can see very specifically that the Lord was giving me opportunities as I was trying and through bouts of hopelessness and sadness that the Lord was giving me specific experiences that were leading up to me being the person I needed to be and having the experiences I needed to have to recognize what I love about Alec. And also, if I hadn't picked Alec, there would be someone else, I think. You know, the Lord is going to take care of you. And if you haven't found a spouse by the time you're 21 and a half, hope is not lost. <laughs> There's 22s right around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It can take time. And I appreciate you saying that. I think, you know, I have known hundreds of thousands of young adults through my time at the MTC and here as an institute teacher. And all, you know, the vast majority, if not all of them, have very many attractive attributes. You know, I very, I can't think of a single young adult that I've gone, there is nothing attractive about them. That, that for the vast majority and everybody you go, everyone is trying, and this is a good group of people, and there are a lot of attractive attributes, and everyone's working on those, right? And so I would say, if you're not dating and you want to date more, I mean, this is what we're trying to help in this episode is say, okay, I'm going to work on these generally attractive at attributes. And if there's, if I can identify one where I go, man, that's, that's one that's maybe a sticking point for me right there. Maybe because I'm doing this, right? It's repelling people and turn that one around. And then also it's important to know that you have very many personal attractive attributes, right? Like if you could say a lot about Alec and you could say a lot about, you know, this is what I'm looking for. And I know both of you have those as well. And you go, some of these are just personal. And so what do I do about that? Well, let's go back to step one, right? That step two is work on your attractiveness, right? Be as attractive as you can in every way. But step one really is saying, okay, I have a lot to offer. I just, you know, I'm currently attractive. I don't have to be perfect. I'm currently pretty attractive. I need to now get out and mingle. Because like you, like you said, Sarah, there will be some that are very specific, and so you need to get out. And now to go back to our famous President Monson quote, find someone with whom you can be compatible. And what he's really talking about there is someone that you're attracted to, and you're attracted to their their little, you know, their little attractions, their general attractions, their very personalized attractions. Find someone with whom you can be compatible. But to find someone, you must get out there. Yeah. You must be out in the public. You must be you know, whether you're on apps or whatever, you've got to be out deliberately trying, dedicated to the cause, right? Dedicated to the cause. So love those two things. I think that's a great groundwork. So for the next three or four episodes, let's talk about different ways of attraction. You know, we'll, we'll spend some time talking about what does it look like to be spiritually attractive? How can you build your spiritual attraction? Then let's talk about how can you be your most socially attractive? And then we'll spend some time about maybe a little bit on emotional and physical attraction and just bring in some experts on those two fields and have them teach us about that. Cool. Excellent. Good. Sarah, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Good luck in your engagement. Do you, do you have a date picked out or you just know it's... June 7th. June 7th. Ooh. Awesome. Yeah, exciting. Right. Well, then June 8th, we'll do an episode about how to help newly married young adults. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you. And if you have any questions or comments, please send them to the Art of Dating Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's the Art of Dating Podcast at gmail.com. And ask away any of your questions, and we'd love to speak to it on an episode. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye.